0: Hi, welcome to the Meg Pearson podcast, Fertile at 40. I'm your host, Meg Pearson. After many health complications due to alcohol addiction and an eating disorder that ruled my world for close to 20 years, I was told I would never have children. At 38, I naturally and surprisingly fell pregnant and the transition from maiden to mother was wrought with love, grief, excitement, and healing. Becoming a mama was about far more than just soothing stitches and learning how to care for a tiny human. It was, and still is, a relearning of who I am and what I am truly capable of. After over two challenging years trying to conceive a second baby since, I gratefully and naturally conceived my second child just as I turned 41, after three losses and heaps of heartache. I am a doula in training, holistic chef, teacher, of yoga, and a childbirth educator, and I am here to share my story, because I know it's not just mine. Join me each week for unbiased convos with a no bullshit approach to faith, fertility, conscious conception, and connected pregnancy, with birth stories, expert interviews, and personal anecdotes to help tell the story of creation. Welcome, now let's do this. Hello everybody, welcome to the show. I am still on mat leave. So, I have got a lot of amazing interviews and episodes pre recorded and lined up for you guys to fill the next couple of months. Stay tuned. I will be doing another live, more up to date update on how things are going with my newly expanded family very, very soon. But in the meantime, today, I have an amazing guest. I have returning guest Stephanie Levitch on the show, this time to take us a little bit deeper into our conversation we had previously about alternative methods of family building. So on the heels of the release of a brand new book, From the Start, a book about love and making families, we discuss the importance of this inclusive and heartfelt children's book for any parent who has created their family through adoption, IVF, sperm donation, and or surrogacy. For more information on Stephanie's work in the field and her personal story around adoption and IVF, please go back and listen to episode number 46 when she first appeared on the show. And now on to my conversation with Stephanie Levitch. One last thing before we get into the conversation, I want to remind you that this podcast provides general information and discussion about natural medicine, health, pregnancy, and childbirth-related subjects. The content here should not be taken as medical advice, and the content here is for informational purposes only, and because each person is so unique, please consult with your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Now, on with the show. Welcome back to the show, Stephanie. So happy to have you here. Thank you, Meg. Thank you so much for having me back. So everyone, if you did not already listen to the first episode where I had Stephanie on the show back in, I think it was the end of April. It was episode number 46. You have to go back and listen to that. Um, today, we're we're talking about something a little bit, a bit more specific. We're talking about a book that you've written recently and that came out in in early May. And we are talking about speaking to children and how to communicate children about all of the different ways that families are created. And, and I love, love, love that you've created this book for parents and for children. Before we get into the details of that, can you tell me a little bit about who you are, Stephanie, why you do this in the world and who it is that you're helping with your work?
1: Absolutely. Yes. So, um, My name is Stephanie Levitch, and I am the founder of Family Match Consulting. We are a fertility consulting firm specializing specifically in egg donation, uh, surrogacy, and sperm donation. So we help clients find Appropriate candidates to help them on this journey and kind of guide them through the matching process, and then sometimes their their whole journey um, until the birth of their baby. And I start. I've I've worked in egg donation surrogacy for twenty years. Um, I started because of my own adoption story. My mom, very sadly, as I spoke about in the last episode, she had a hysterectomy when she was thirteen years old, um, just as a result of a random flu infection that she had, and so she knew from that age that. know at the time surrogacy wasn't a thing and so that she would adopt um you know when the time came and she met my dad they fell in love and they did they adopted me and later who became my brother and my sister um i myself went through infertility about 10 years into my career i'm so thankful that ivf finally worked and i've got my little uh seven and eight year old miracles as a result of that um but but I'm just so blessed to be so professionally and personally invested in this work um, that I'm just so lucky to be able to do. I mean, you know, we're helping to make families and and it's 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 a blessing. but this this book has been something that's on my that's been on my heart for so many years because, I I see the books that exist on the market that speak to things like surrogacy, like explaining to your child that they came into this world through surrogacy or egg donation or adoption. And there are all these singular methods, which is so great and important for sure. But what it doesn't do is give the broad context of this is how you were. Created or born or came into this world or our family, but there's all these other awesome ways that families are created too. And so, you know, we, the goal was to really help children will help give parents the tools to start having these conversations with children at a young age in an age-appropriate and loving way um, which i think helps set the tone for how they view their story and and that can help them very much in life um, but also really normalize all these ways families are created because um, I mentioned in the last episode, i I was asked in junior high um, as a homework assignment to find out where I got my eye color from. I couldn't do that. And I remember crying that night as I went to sleep, just like, I can't do this assignment. And so I think we need to really change how we talk about family building in schools and in society to just normalize all these ways families are made because there's not one way, there's not three ways. there's so many ways and they're all good and right and they're all. You know, they all come from love, which is the most important thing. Yeah, and I think I mean I just think about my daughter,
0: and Mm -hmm. you know, she's just started going to school. She's two and a half, and and she doesn't know where her friends, how her fam, her friends came into to this world, and what their family situation was. And I can only imagine if I don't, I don't, me as her parent, if I don't arm her with the awareness of of the multiple different ways that families are made, then not only is she going to be confused, but she also may be the root uh, at the cause of some some turmoil for another little Mm -hmm. boy or girl that's trying to explain to her how they came to the world. And and my daughter could very well say, well, that's not real. That's not true. That's not how it works. Right. So what an amazing uh, tool and something that we definitely need to get more and more
1: people out there discussing and parents understanding the importance of Right, yeah, it, it it doesn't need to be a taboo conversation, um, as it feels like it is now. I think the more we just normalize this conversation and and family building and in an open way, it, it's not only going to help parents and kids, but just like like a society, like it it can just make it, you know when somebody learns that they're having trouble conceiving later in life, if if this is. If all these ways are something they've always known, even that might feel um, less difficult. Not not that it it wouldn't be difficult. It's so hard being you know going through infertility, but to have that prior knowledge of this is a thing it can can only help. And um, you know, I, you had asked about my adoption, and and you know, I shared last time my parents told me I was adopted before I could even understand what that meant. And so when people ask, when did you find out you were adopted? The answer is I've just always known, you know, they say you were adopted and they explained it. And I had no clue what that meant, but I've just always known. And, and they framed it in such a loving and celebratory way. Um, your birth mother loved you so much. She um, loved, loved you enough to want to give you the best life that she knew she couldn't at the time. And we had so much love to give. And so she made an adoption plan and it, 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 it it was very much framed as you were so loved from the start, which is the title of the book, because it, it's all about love from the start. And what happens after that? It, it doesn't matter. It, that's how families are created. And, and what that's done for me is really helped shape my understanding of my story of my birth and conception in such a healthy and positive way. And, and our hope is that from the start, we'll help other parents to do the same thing.
0: Yeah. And this book Uh, It does cover, it covers talking about um, adoption, it covers surrogacy, it covers egg and sperm donation, correct?
1: Mm -hmm. And IVF or really any fertility treatments. Um, And it can be uh, read to a child by a single mom, a single dad, a same-sex couple, um, to to heterosexual parents. Like we've written it in a way that any single parent can pick it up and read it to their child and and it will apply to their story. So-
0: for anyone out there that's listening that maybe hasn't gotten their hands on a copy of the book yet yes. and 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 is a parent that has maybe brought their gotten you know brought their family together using one of these techniques what are some of the recommendations that that you often give parents in when they want to start to frame the, this conversation with their children mm-hmm. um for the first time, because I know a lot of people they, they, they don't know if they're going to tell their kids or not, especially when it's like adopting, do I want to, do I don't, Mm -hmm. you know, often it seems to, to blow up in their faces at the end, because I think kids are so smart and they figure things out. Right. Um, but so what, what are your recommendations typically when people ask you, like, how do I start even start this conversation?
1: Yeah, well, I always first start by sharing, you know, my experience and how my parents told me and how positive I felt that that method was. And and um, to simplify, basically what they did is they told me everything openly from a very young age. Um, and, you know, had they have sat me down at 10 years old or whatever and said, we have something to tell you, that would have felt traumatic, I think, you know, because you you know, live your life with this idea of your family, and then it all kind of shatters to pieces. And so by just making it normal, I took it on as it feeling normal. Um, and so it's important for parents to try to, you know, if they're not comfortable with, with the story is to really kind of get comfortable with it within themselves so that they can portray that to the child and then the comfort and then the child feels comfortable as well, because they take on, um, you know, that energy. I feel like, um, you know, if, if, if parents treat it as this dirty little secret, that, is felt by the child, whether those words are said or not, and so we want to really celebrate all these ways families are made, and and, and the reality is when we're talking about things like adoption or sperm or egg donation, there's genetic testing in the world now, you know, with like 23andMe, Ancestry.com, secrets don't exist, they can't exist in this world. And, you know, I I actually know that very deeply through my own adoption, which I'll I'll share with you. So I um, I met my birth mom when I was 18 and it's this really very beautiful fairy tale adoption story. She was at my wedding. Um, My parents like thanked her in the speech. They have a relationship, you know, because they're very confident and comfortable in that. Like, that's my mom and dad. There's no question. It's my mom and dad who raised me. And then there's also this incredible woman named Amy, who is why I'm here in this world. And, and they're so grateful to her. And so it's this beautiful thing, but when she got pregnant, she, um, was dating someone at the time. She opted not to tell him for various reasons that, that I understand very much now. Um, but anyhow, when I decided to do Ancestry, um dot com, uh several years ago and i discovered somebody who lived in los angeles who looked just like me who was very similar in age um that um very likely i didn't know it at the time but i was trying to figure out they call them centimorgans like how related are you and i discovered that um this person was my half sister on my biological father's side i had no clue she existed i knew nothing about his side of the family and what was really traumatic, um, in that. So so we connected, she's lovely. We've met now a few times. We really look very similar, which is such a crazy thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but what she learned through this is that her dad who raised her, um, who is her best friend, um, you know, her, her number one person in her life. Um, she learned through this, that he's not her biological father and he didn't know that either. And so awesome. it was through this genetic testing that this secret that her mom had kept had really blown up. Um, and at you know in her mid thirties, she discovered this. And so it's just a perfect example of how damaging secrets can be to a person. And and any time those can be avoided, I, it, it's just so important.
0: Yeah. Wow. God.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And
0: then and it gets me thinking so much about you know with the work that I do with. You know, I'm working with a lot of parents um, mm-hmm. and 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 children of parents who who adopted or you know created families in other ways. That, you know, I, I see a lot of it in my work with plant medicine. People coming to heal. Um, mm-hmm because it wasn't necessarily handled in the right way that children are growing up into adults who do believe that they are dirty secrets um, because it was kept from them for so long. And then there's a lot of anger towards the parents and, and it really, a lot of this comes down to the parents doing the work for themselves to, to not just accept that they're perhaps having to create their family in a way that they didn't believe they didn't think and didn't expect, but to really, not just accept it but to love it and to really yes. really really honor whatever path they end up taking because if the parents can't do that for themselves and there's no way that they're going to be able to approach
1: it with their children in that That's way either. Exactly right. Very well said. It's so true. And you know, um I work with a lot of psychologists in this field that do help work with um, you know the parents to do exactly as you said um and and one therapist her name is carol lieber Wilkins she's an expert in this field she she wrote a book um as well about egg donation and and she said something that i thought was really profound in it um it said that there's a difference between, Um, secrets and, or some, a secret or something being private. And when you treat something as a secret, there's that negative connotation, like this is bad, this is dirty, this isn't right. And so we're going to lock it down and keep it inside and not share. And that's, you know, when, when, when that's what children perceive, then, then it feels like their birth, their conception is is dirty, it's wrong and, and and that's damaging. Whereas something that's private, when you when you really differentiate, it's something that, you know, just like all things, nobody has to go and share every aspect of their life. You can pick and choose what you share. It can be private and and and, and that's okay. And you can still speak to your child about it being something that's private, but not a secret. Mm-hmm. And so. I I think there's an important distinction in those two words and, 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 and each each word is going to like, um, like a child's going to perceive that differently and it's going to impact them differently depending on how you approach it. Yeah.
0: Wow. Wow. There's, there's just so much to all of this. And, and, and I think I would love for you to, to share with, with the listeners if there was anything that you didn't get in the book, if there's anything else that you would like parents out there or or anyone that is even a ch- you know someone that was that was adopted mm-hmm. themselves or was born through some of these amazing reproductive technologies, is there anything that you would love for them to just hear today um, if they're still, you know moving through the understanding of this in their lives and what it has meant for them?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think when we're talking about, you know, sharing these things with our children, like you said, it's about becoming comfortable with it yourself. And sometimes that's a journey. Like, we don't all just heal from wounds overnight. Um, but you know, to be open about that journey and, and, and recognize this path you're on and, and just, just start, right? Like all you have to do is start, start having a conversation again from the start. It really opens up the door to have that conversation so that you know words like adoption or surrogacy aren't these foreign words that you know the child's never heard so you just start planting these little seeds and 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 that's what's going to help your child say like what i say now which is i've just always known and so even if you're not fully a million percent comfortable that's okay just just start just just begin that conversation start using those words um and 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 and, and that will just start this path of this openness and honesty and this like celebration of really how they came into this world. Because, you know, I, so many of my clients, they have been through so much for so many years and and it's so hard and, and, and that trauma is there and it exists. It will never go away fully, right? But once you do finally hold that child, that miracle that you've been like dreaming about for so long, you know, that is the new start of of, of the chapter. And not like everything that happened before doesn't matter. It does. It's important, but you get to start here and, 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 and the best way to start is to acknowledge all of that and, and then move forward with your child. And, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, from the start, because I mean, I mean, I want to ask the question, but I'm not going to like
0: what? But obviously what goes into a lot of people's heads, okay, well, what do we do if we're in the situation where our child is 15 years old and we haven't told them and it is yeah. this secret and, you know, and, and there's, that has to be handled so individually, I'm sure in each circumstance, yeah. but I guess the bottom line is it's 99% of the time better <laughs> to just be upfront. front. Yeah. Save all the all of the frustration, all the sadness, all the heartbreak by just being honest and real about these different ways that families are created. Because like you said, like, gosh, I can't even imagine the heartbreak when you know when people are using these these ancestry.coms and things like that and finding out yeah. these these long held um, secrets and it, it that yeah. tears families apart. And this it book that you've, that you've written is is to really help keep and not just keep families together, but to strengthen
1: that bond and the understanding. Yeah. And it really highlights, again, it all comes back to just love. So the tagline, it's from the start, a book about love and making families. Um, Because none of these, all all of these stem from love, all of them. And that's the most important thing is for just a child to know that they were loved from the start before there's a line in the book, before I got to hold you close, I held you in my heart. You've always been a part of me and have been from the start. It's just that they were loved before I even got to hug you and love you and hold you. Like I loved you. You were a part of me from, from the start, from way back when. And the most important thing is for children to just feel that, you know, even with adoption, there's the sense of someone made an adoption plan and, and gave you essentially to another child to raise. And, and that can feel tough, you know, when you think about what that is, but when you approach it from this, like you were in my heart before your birth mom, like it all, you were loved from just an idea till you were here. It's just like, reinforcing how much your child is loved. And every parent who's been through any of these ways to create their family, like their children are loved with intensity that like, I know as a parent through IVF, you know, after everything you've been through on your own journey, like, and it's just a matter of our children feeling that and knowing that and that's all children want at the end of the day they want to be yes, they to want be, to be loved perfect. and accepted and the only way to be accepted is to be honest with them about their story because if we if we're not honest or we treat it as a secret then then they treat it that way and then they can't you know, come into this world as them their full, whole selves. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and so that's where you have issues, but, you know, for, for them to be accepted, they need to accept themselves. And in order for to do that, we have to be honest with our children.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and this is, you know, our situation with our family as our daughter, we was, a, was a blessing and a surprise. Right. And, yeah. <laughs> and we've talked about, you know, my partner, I remember early on him asking, like, are we going to tell her that, you know, she was an accident. I'm like, well, we're not going to frame it that way, you know, yeah. but we're going to be honest with her. She's going to yeah. figure it out at some point. Right. And then it's also another whole conversation about how we're going to frame the fact that we've had miscarriage after miscarriage mm. before preg- being, becoming pregnant with, with this child. And, yeah. and these are also the, these conversations need to be had and often are best to be had up front from the start as well. Yeah. And, and that is going to be, uh, in, 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 in an upcoming volume of my cosmic Kobe children's book series as yeah, well. Yeah, so wait. this is why I'm so excited that, that you've created this book. I'm going to be ordering myself a copy. Let's talk about that when it, went, it became available in May and it is available mm-hmm. where from the start, um,
1: amazon, barnesandnobles.com. Um, you could there's links to purchase it on our website from the startbook.com. and, um, Yeah. Beautiful, um, and and we're on social media as well. So um, both on Facebook and Instagram, it's uh, from the start book. Awesome, and I'll and I trying- should mention I co-authored the book with my best friend since we were teenagers. Her name's Alana Weiss, and she's a mom through IVF. Um, I can't remember if I mentioned in this episode or yeah, the last, but um, she's she's so creative, and and so we teamed up and wrote this for. Two years it took us to get it right, and Darren Gate is the illustrator. He's so talented, and um, we're really, really happy to um, finally be at a place where people can can read this and see see what we've been working on. Yeah. And it's such
0: a beautiful book. So if everyone make sure that you, you follow Stephanie in the book on, on the social media, get yourself a copy. Um, and, and I'm going to stock up. I've, you know, I've ordered one, but I want to stock up and have these as gifts because I think that it, no matter how your family's created, I think, it, like I was saying at the beginning, it's going to be so important for, for my daughter, just to understand that the diff- the different ways that families are created. So thank you so, so much, Stephanie, what a pleasure talking to you.
1: Thank
0: you for all you do. Thanks so much for listening. Please, if you would be so kind, I would be grateful if you could share, subscribe, rate, and review the show. Please follow the show over on Instagram at fertile at 40 podcast and share what you thought about this week's episode. Don't forget to tag us. For more info on today's show, please head on over to the podcast website at meganpearson.ca forward slash podcast. Until next time.